Listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. I'm your host, Rebecca Rodriguez. I love being a teacher and I never bring work home. I'm here to talk about how you can systematically, effectively, and positively prep your classroom so you too can feel balanced, happy, and in control of your life at school and at home. told you in recent episodes, a few years ago, I set a goal to type all my lesson plans for every day for every prep. I wanted to make sure I included all the information. What was my anticipatory set going to be? What were my standards? What were my objectives for the day? What was my checking for understanding going to be? I mean, I have all of it. I wanted to make sure that it was a complete lesson plan for every day. I set that goal to reduce my personal stress and to feel and get more organized. A surprise result was that my relationships with my students improved noticeably. I I guess I didn't really think that that would have such an impact on my relationships because I didn't see it as the direct correlation to what I wanted to achieve for my goal. But looking back on it, it became very clear as to what was going on in my lesson plans, in my lesson planning, and in my classroom based off of that goal that I had set to type all of my lesson plans out and have them set and ready to go ahead of time. And and in doing so, I affected other areas in my classroom and it all really began to make sense to me as I went along. So join me today as we discuss three ways written lesson plans can help you build relationships in your classroom. I am a really organized person. I love to feel like I am in control of the situation as much as I can be. I'm willing to accept that there are obviously situations that are going to be outside of my control, outside of what I can influence. However, if I have put a plan in place, if I've really thought through things, that then the distractions or the interruptions or the things that come my way to maybe disrupt my plans aren't as tragic to me because I have thought it through so thoroughly that I can adapt and make changes. And and in making plans, I can also debrief afterwards and make sure that when something went really well, that I, I note that and that I explain, maybe I, I varied this a little bit and it really helped the second class or things like that, that really have helped me feel way more stress-free in my classroom, which is why I set the goal to type my lesson plans in the first place. I really wanted to be able to quickly change them. And by typing them, I could go in and immediately, you know, just delete something, put in something new in its place. And it was a lot faster than handwriting everything. And if a principal asked me for a lesson plan for whatever day, maybe they were coming to observe me, it wasn't anything out of the norm. I could send them exactly what I had planned for the day without any stress of having to type it out and get it for them because it was already done. So those things were really appealing to me when I set this goal. It was so hard to do. It was tedious because I had to really make myself 
type out the lesson plans and I tried to do them ahead of time. So the, at first I wrote them in shorthand on paper with, you know, pen and paper. And then I took them and typed them. And I tried to make sure that I had them done before I started the next lesson so that I didn't get behind. So that was very time consuming. It was kind of something that I set as a goal and I was adamant that I achieved that goal. As I said, my reasoning was really so that I could feel more organized and and really get some control on my lessons and on my timing and really make sure that I was doing the best I could do for my students. So my students were in mind as I was creating my lesson plans, but I really didn't think I'm creating lesson plans and I'm typing them and getting them done ahead of time so that I can use them next year so that I can build relationships. That just wasn't something I put as an outcome of my typing the lesson plans. I just didn't see that one coming. It was a surprise to me. But as I really started planning my lessons ahead of time and getting them typed and then debriefing afterwards and really making sure that every day I was being the best teacher I could be by following the template and the plan, I found my relationships were improving. And I kind of broke it down into three major reasons why I think this happened and maybe to hopefully convince you that maybe you should do this thing because I feel like it has really improved my teaching. I feel like it's really improved my relationships. I feel like it's really helped me feel less stress, especially this year when it feels like we're kind of just overloaded with stress with all these different changes. I have one less thing to worry about in my regular in-person classes because that was already planned and I just have to make small tweaks instead of rethinking every day, all day, every, (laughs) for the whole year. It's very nice. So the first reason that I think that by writing my lesson plans, typing them out and having them done ahead of time, I believe that that really helped my relationships is because I did make my lesson plan with my students in mind. They were my thought process, what they would like, what they were, what they were able to do. And they were at the forefront of my mind as I was creating my lesson plans. So of course my relationship with them would improve because I was thinking about them as I did the lesson plan. Uh, This really helped because I know, and I knew the outcomes that I wanted from the get-go. Sometimes I feel like we just like an activity a lot. And so we tend to really focus what we're doing on getting to do a specific activity instead of how is this activity getting me towards my goal or our outcome that we need to be able to do at the end of this lesson. So I was finding that I was wasting less time because I was only focusing on doing things that were getting our class towards our outcomes. And sometimes the outcome was having fun together. Sometimes the outcome was building trust and vulnerability. Sometimes the outcome was learning a grammar topic. But because I was focused on that exact outcome or that exact standard, I was able to really focus on my students and making sure that we weren't wasting time, that we weren't focusing on things about me and what I like and what I wanted to do, but I was focusing on them and making sure that they understood and that they reached their goals and that they 
were the ones who were successful. And that helped them feel successful in my classroom. It helped them have better grades. It helped them feel like I cared about them because I do. And it built our relationship. Also, because I was done ahead of time with the lesson plan, I could really focus on how to engage, how to create understanding, and how to inspire my students. I wasn't trying to come up with things on the spur of the moment. I wasn't stressed and frustrated and maybe a little bit snippy or snapping at my students because I was feeling pressure because I already knew what we were going to do. So I didn't have to feel any of those emotions that may cause me to be less engaged with them and less patient with them because I was planned. I felt secure. I felt confident in what we were doing and I could really focus on them instead of focusing on, okay, once they finish this thing, this they're going to finish in five minutes. What are we doing? Oh, do I have this cut out? Do I have this ready to go? Are the copies made? It was all done. Because I was done ahead of time, I had time to get the copies done. I had time to have my student aid cut things out. I knew what I was doing ahead of time, and I could really focus on engaging with my students and not trying to plan on the spur of the moment. With my lesson plans being made with my students in mind, it also kept the, myself, the teacher, <laughs> and the students on track during our lesson. I don't know if you guys ever had a teacher in high school, but we did, where if we could get them talking about baseball, we were done for the day. <laughs> and, and I think that that teacher actually honestly kind of just enjoyed it. He, he was very willing and able to be sidetracked by that conversation. And I, I'm wondering if maybe he just didn't really have a plan or if he was not engaged with, with the topic or the you know his subject area. But I don't want to be that way. I don't want to be able to be so sidetracked because my students just know that I'm not able to keep on track and focus on what we should be doing that day. Yes, we should talk to our students. Yes, we should have side conversations. Yes, we should do those things. But because I was focusing the lesson on them, I was very sure that I was keeping them occupied the whole time. And I didn't have to work that hard to do it because I'd already planned it and it was ready to go. This caused us all to be focused on the learning. And when we are focused on the learning and we're working together and I'm walking around the room and I'm giving that positive feedback, we were able to really get into a zone where as a class and we still, this is still ongoing, but that first year, this was that realization that I had was that things were going so well because I was there with them and I was able to get out of my desk and, and, and do things because I wasn't focused on, well, what are we doing tomorrow? What is going on with this? What is, you know, because I was done with that stuff because I had planned it ahead of time. It really made an impact by having my lesson plans done ahead of time and being able to use them the next year and just make tweaks and changes that needed to be made I was able to make my lessons with them in mind and then use those lessons with them in mind to make sure that we had a great environment for learning, make sure that they felt successful and they felt paid attention to and they were engaged and inspired by the lessons. That is number one. So I think that that is a great reason to type your lesson plans because we get to do that with them in mind and make sure that our lessons are focused on them doing the work and us being that person who's there to help them and guide them 
and they get to be the ones tired at the end of the day because it's focused on them. Before we go on to the two other reasons why lesson planning can help build our relationships, let's do our unpaid sponsorship. Today for our unpaid sponsorship, I would like to give a shout out to Instagram hashtags. I don't know about you, but I use Instagram all the time. I get really distracted by it, honestly. But I love that I can follow the hashtags for things and really find new and interesting people to follow. And honestly, the reason that I gave a shout out to this is because a lot lately, I've been using the workouts that other people have come up with and then they share. And and I, it gives me new ideas. It gives me things to do that maybe I wouldn't normally want to do, but because it was, you know, this person has great abs and this is the ab workout they did. I was able to start following these and I was just following workouts as one of my hashtags that I follow. And I found some amazing workouts from that. And there's TRX workouts, there's ab workouts from home. I found different workouts to do just to focus on my glutes because I like having a nice tushy. And I really appreciate that. I've also done a lot of hashtag finding of other teachers from following teachers pay teachers. And I found just following teacher life and different hashtags have really helped me to connect with other teachers who are doing amazing things in their classrooms that give me great ideas. So thanks Instagram for creating, I don't know, maybe hashtags aren't your thing, but thanks hashtags for making it easy to follow great ideas find new people and really connect socially when we're especially stuck at home a lot lately to get new ideas and to really have an insight into some really cool things. So thanks. Okay, now back to our regularly scheduled program. Okay, so we were discussing how lesson plans can help us build our relationships, especially with our students. Number one was that we make our lesson plans with them in mind. So when we're thinking ahead of time and we're trying to think about how to engage students and we're thinking about them as our end goal and what outcomes they need to be able to do, we really can create great relationships with them. The second thing that happens when we create our lesson plans ahead of time is that we can really make sure that our transitions and our activities are thought through. This is huge in education. For me, transitions are those times when we are going from one activity to another. So we have an activity and then we need to either have them turn something in or put something away or get something out and transition to a new activity. At first, I have to be honest, transitions are a time when I've seen other teachers just lose all control. I've seen students just immediately, once the activity is over, they just start talking and the teacher loses control of the class. They have a really hard time getting them to start the next thing. And so I put a focus on this and found that I just, this is a sweet spot for me. I found that transitions are something I have a strong ability to do in a positive way. And I really was supported in this when once a an administrator commented on that on my evaluation and said that they had never seen smoother transitions in a classroom. They said that the students just knew what to do. They listened and then did that thing and it went really, really smoothly and kind of asked what it is that I do to make sure my transitions work so well. So I 
had to take a moment and really think that through because I had put an emphasis on it, but I didn't realize that I had succeeded to the point where maybe I was going to be asked how I did it. I hadn't really thought through how to explain that to someone else. And so I had to in that moment. And that was a really great opportunity for me to think it through and how to explain transitions to another educator. Transitions are a time when we have them put one thing away mentally or physically and move on to another thing mentally or physically. So for me, when I do my lesson planning, I think through, how am I going to make this transition smooth? First of all, I have my regular transitions. We we start with our warm-up. So the transition from the hallway to we're in class learning is that the the calentamiento is what I call it. The warm-up is on the board. When they walk in the room, they have a paper that lasts for two weeks that they have automatically. They don't have to get out their own paper. They don't have to find a new paper each day. It's the same paper for two weeks and then we turn it in. So they already have it. And I keep their binders, which we call portafolios because they we don't have a Spanish book. So they basically create their Spanish book in a binder by the end of the year. I have a place in the classroom where they keep those. So it's not even probably lost in their backpack because everything goes in their binder and back in the cabinet ready for the next day. The only thing that would go home with them would be any homework that they need to work on. So that actually helped with my transitions as well is keeping the binders in the classroom and having a set place for them to be and having a set starting thing that doesn't change. I've seen some teachers that they start their warm up different every day oh, today we're writing it down. Oh, today we're going to start with this activity where we're all standing up and we go from this to that. I think that those activities that get people moving are excellent. And I highly advise you to use them in your classroom. But maybe for the start activity each day, just get their brains flowing in whatever subject matter you have in the same way every day so that there's no question in their minds what they need to do. They need to get in their seat, they get out the thing, and they do that one thing to start. And that gives me time to take attendance, to talk to any kids who don't know where their seat is or who missed a day or didn't, any of that stuff that comes up right at the beginning of class, because you know the beginning of class can be a chaotic time. If you can create some semblance of regularity in that beginning moment, then you can deal with the chaos and get it straightened out before anyone finishes their warm-up, and that's ideal. When we go from warm-up to the next activity, that would be me stamping their warm-up and then going on to an activity. Instead of me going around a silent room and them just talking to each other while I stamp the papers and check that everything was done, I have them sing the song. So I pass out the lyrics and they're singing and I'm listening and I'm singing with them while I go around and stamp everybody's paper in the room. I always finish stamping by the end of the song. So as soon as the song is over, I tell them to pass up the lyric sheets and they put away their warm-ups. And they know that it's every day. That is a transition that we do every day and they know it. Once we've done that, I explain the first activity. So as soon as I, as I'm picking up the lyric sheets from the heads of each table, I'm telling them this is what we're doing next. And I'm explaining the whole process. A lot of times if I need someone to pick up materials, I tell them it's going to be the person with the shortest 
hair today will pick up the materials over here or oldest person will go will be the person to start the activity whatever it is i give them exactly who needs to do it and i tell them that so there's no trying to fight over who has to write or who has to go get the stuff they don't have a say they just look at they just look at each other and figure out oh whose birthday's next okay well i guess you go get the stuff and that creates some group mentality as well because they get to know a lot about each other based off of these things that they have to learn in order to know who's doing what in the group. If we are doing notes or anything like that, I usually pass them out at the end of that song just before they pass me the papers. So everything is just going at the same time. So they're singing and they're passing the papers out that we're about to use. Then they pass the lyric sheets forward and we're already on to the, if we're doing notes or if we're doing a worksheet or if whatever needed to be handed out, they already have it on their desks and I'm telling them how to do it. So what I found is not giving them any time to chat, to get distracted, to get out their phones, to think about something else, to think it's time to go to the bathroom or to turn something in or to go sharpen their pencil. I don't allow for that. I give them, once we've started the activity, now you can come talk to me if you need to sharpen your pencil or go to the bathroom or do any of those things. But then I'm only dealing with the, the odds and ends when everybody else is working. I don't make them sit there and wait for me to figure out what needs to be done. They, they shouldn't just be sitting there waiting for me. They are always working on something, and that's when I deal with anything that needs to be done logistically in the classroom. When I make my lesson plan, I think about those transitions and activities. How can I make the transition from this activity to this activity go smoothly? Okay, well... We're going to need to turn in something from this activity and pick up something from this activity. So if I have the tallest person turn something in and the shortest person in the group go pick something up, I've got two people moving and then two people are waiting. That's the best kind of scenario is when the le there's mostly people working on something. So I try to think that through in my lesson planning so that I already have a plan in place for that transition. I don't try and figure it out in that moment. And because in that moment, if they can see that I'm not ready for the next thing, they're going to start chatting with their neighbor. So keeping our students busy means less behavior problems. It keeps them engaged. They feel like you're well-planned, so they feel happy and they feel involved and they know what's expected of them. Students like to know the expectations. If they don't, they want to test it and find them. If I don't give them any chance because they know the expectation before they have, they don't have to test it. There's no behavior problem. There's no issue. And I find that I really don't have to deal with behavior problems as often because my kids are busy, they're engaged, and they're, and they're working together or with me most of the time. At the end of class, I have those kind of things where I explain like how to finish out whatever activity we're doing, what the expectation is, what the homework is, and then the bell rings and they're out of the class. And that's the final transition is them making sure everything's put away and they leave. So transitions have really helped me build a functioning classroom. They've helped me to really alleviate and eliminate behavior problems because students are busy. They don't feel bored because they have stuff going on and they are expected to do those things. And I find that they really kind of are, 
are willing to do them because I've tried to, again, make my lesson plan with them in mind. So they're engaged and inspired to do the stuff. So this has really helped my relationship with students because I don't have those negative feelings towards them because they're misbehaving or they're not on task or they're doing this or they're doing that because they're busy and they don't have those issues with me because they know that I planned with them in mind and I am pleasant because I'm not stressed out and annoyed with them. And we really have built a strong environment because my transitions and my activities are planned smoothly and made so that they function one to the other without hitches, without problems, without things going awry, and the class stays smooth. The third and final way that I, well, not maybe probably not final, but the third way that I really felt that lesson plannings help build relationship is that I personally became more present in the lessons as I was teaching them and in the activities as we were doing them. This was because I wasn't always trying to figure out what was next or what we were supposed to be doing or how this, re- re- how this would actually help my students. I wasn't trying to figure out outcomes in the moment. I was able to be very present. And that led to me getting to know my students so well. I was able to talk to them and really get to know what they understood and what they didn't understand. And that helped them to trust me a lot because I find that a lot of teachers get very annoyed when students ask a lot of questions. And my students were afraid to ask me questions because they didn't think teachers responded well. So if a teacher would say, are there any questions? Do you understand? They kept their mouths closed. And I've seen other teachers talk about this on Instagram or on Facebook where they had to switch up the way they asked that. And how, what questions do you have? Ask me three questions. Because I think it's kind of across the board that students don't trust that teachers really want to answer those questions. And I think that it's the attitude with which we answer the question sometimes. And so when I was able to free up my mind and be present in the lesson, I could really stop feeling annoyed that they were asking questions and seeking clarity. And I could answer the same question 14 times without getting so angry because it felt like a waste of time. I'm teaching a foreign language, and so students sometimes can't really even hear what I'm saying because their mind can't make sense of it. So if I were to say the word, and they didn't understand, and then I repeat it, and they still don't understand, I have to break it down. I have to say it very slowly. If I weren't patient enough to do that, they wouldn't be able to learn the words. So that was one way that this really helped me be present was that I could answer questions with a lot of patience, a lot of empathy, and a lot of compassion for my students, and that helped us to build a very strong relationship. This also allowed me to be present because I could monitor and I could walk around the room instead of sitting at my desk trying to get stuff done all the time. I know that that's sometimes okay. I mean, we need to get stuff done sometimes. So if you're sitting at your desk every once in a while, that's okay. You're not a bad teacher for sitting at your desk and getting something done while they work. However, I did find that I found myself able to walk around the room a lot more when my lesson plans were typed because that thing was done and it freed up some time for me. And that felt so good because I wasn't so trapped in trying to keep things going every day 
and redoing something. Maybe I could have done once, but now I'm having to do it again and again and again because I never really wrote it down. This also helped me address concerns and issues with my students. So if they were having issues with homework or if they didn't understand a grammar topic or if they couldn't say the vocabulary words appropriately, I was able to hear it and I was a part of their conversations and I could hear them asking questions to the other kids because I was, I was in the room, I was present, I was there with them. And that really allowed me to become better at helping my students understand and, and find clarity and really get better at what I was trying to teach them because I could be a part of those conversations instead of over at my desk and only having questions when they were willing to come and ask me. This also helped me be more present because it does lower stress. I wasn't so stressed out every day trying to figure out what to do or what the next activity would be because I had not planned enough or I hadn't thought the timing through or it wasn't going as well as I thought it would in, you know, in the morning when I was like, well, we're winging it today. I didn't have all that stress because I had a plan and it was in place and I had things set and ready to go. So this really has helped me lower my stress levels in my classroom in regards to what we're doing that day. And I felt that me having lower stress actually affected my students quite a bit. They could feel that I was happier to be there. They could feel my engagement and my being inspired by what we were doing. And it was spreading. It was, it was like catching my students were feeling it too, and they weren't so stressed out by Spanish because they could feel that way by, that I was feeling, and I wasn't just, you know, influencing a negative environment in my room. I was influencing it for the positive, and I was helping students see other ways of doing things and that we can learn and grow together. Also, I have found that not having a solid outline can really lead to disarray and disorganization in my classroom and in all classrooms. If we don't really know what we're doing, it, it deteriorates quickly. I think that sometimes we think, oh, I'm really good at winging it, or I do better when I procrastinate just a little bit because it really inspires me to be creative. And that's true. We can change on a dime. That's part of the art of education, if you will, is being able to come up with new ideas. And and maybe you had one plan written on your lesson plan. And then as you were teaching that day, just a new idea came and you went with it and it was excellent. And that is great. Write it down for the next year. Put a note in your lesson plan of what you ended up doing and why it was better. That's great. But when we don't know what we're doing every day, we are going to burn out. Having that disorganization as part of your life will spread, it will sour, it influences the classroom. Like I said, me not having as much stress influenced my kids to have a, a more relaxed environment in the classroom. If you are stressed out, if you are disorganized, if you don't know what you're doing, or you don't have the activity cut out or ready to go, it leads to disorganization, it leads to chaos in the classroom, it leads to behavior problems, because you don't have control of yourself. You haven't had the discipline to get things in order for yourself. This allows for that, dis that chaos to kind of spread. So if you can get your lesson plans done ahead of time, even if it's just a day at a time, even if you just spent the night before getting ready for the day, and you do that one day at a time, 
and get things set for that. Then next year, it's a little bit easier. And the next year, it's a little bit easier. Or maybe you do a week at a time. But whatever you do, this allows time for you to feel less stress. And it, it gives you time to do positive reinforcements and positive behavior analysis with your students and, and really influence your classroom for the better. Lesson planning is what we do as teachers. It's what we do. Why not do the heck out of that thing? Remember, I'm not saying that we don't adapt and we don't adjust and we don't change our lesson plans as needed, even though I'm telling you to write them down. What I am saying is we should at least start with a plan. We should put that plan in place and have it written down so that we can follow it, we can reuse it, and we can adjust it. When we have our lessons well-planned, we can see major benefits for ourselves. Less stress, better engagement, more success in our classrooms. But on top of that, we can see our relationships with our students improve because we are focused on students, because we have smooth transitions set and in place, and we are able to, to be more present with our students because we are there and ready to go. My goal with Positively Prepped is to help teachers to feel balanced, happy, and in control. One great way to do this is to really work on our relationships with our students by writing our lesson plans. When we do this, we are ready to create a balanced environment because we're not so stressed. We are able to really be happy because we are in control of our classrooms and ready to go. Think about the great relaxed environment that we could create with our students if we were to do this consistently. Thank you for listening to Positively Prepped, a podcast for teachers. Please subscribe and share. It's important to continually focus on balance and improve our practices. That's why I created Positively Prepped, to help teachers to improve themselves, their classrooms, and their lives so that they can create an amazing classroom, leave their work there, and then go home and live a full life, guilt-free. Join me next week as we continue our journey to become Positively Prepped. Remember, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Rebecca.Rodriguez. That's Rodriguez with a Q and not a G. Please feel free to shoot me a message and ask questions. Thanks again for listening. See you here next week.